Hello, dear friends. I hope you recognize that theme song. Uh, If you do, you know it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus, our Bible study, right here on our website. We're glad that you're joined us today. If if you are a consistent listener uh, to the Bible studies, we welcome you back today. And if if you've never been here before, we welcome you as our special guest today. And by the way, you don't have to be a Christian to hear the Word of God today to understand uh, the greatness of our God, the graciousness of our God, the goodness of our God. Amen. Uh, But also to understand the severity, both the goodness and the severity of God, so that we understand that in righteousness and holiness, He can't overlook sin. He has to judge it. He's obligated by His holiness. But He has made a way for us to be reconciled unto him who have sinned against him through the precious blood and sacrifice of his son that he gave for us. Friend of mine, I love him because he first loved me today. Amen. And I pray that this message will help you if you're a Christian and you have found yourself uh, falling away from the Lord and getting deeper and deeper into the bondage Uh, that the world will bring to your life. And if you've lost your joy, lost your peace, and lost your song, friend of mine, I want you to know, God wants you to get it all back. He's a God of restoration. Praise God. And He's a God who sets captives free. So we're going to be talking about believers in Babylon. I'm going to read from Psalm 137, verses 1 through 4, to start this Bible study. I preached on this. I want to teach on this. Hard for me to teach without preaching, and it's impossible for me to preach without teaching. So, uh, it, it is, it's going to intersect with each other today because I'm a pastor evangelist. Hallelujah. Listen to Psalm 137, 1 through 4. It says, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. I want to stop right here before we read verse 4. And the, Israel was, they were notorious for their joy when they worshiped their God at their feast. When they were right with God, there was a joy in serving Him and a joy in worshiping Him. Hallelujah. I, 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 I think it was Vance Havner, a great preacher, many books out by him and many quotes by him. And he said in his congregation, <laughs> my apologies if you were part of his congregation, but he said there are some in my own congregation that, that I've seen happier faces on iodine bottles. Now, if you're not up in age, you may not remember the little bottles of iodine that we put on little cuts and scratches. Grapes uh, to to uh, you know cleanse them and and to kill any bacteria, but it it there there because if you drank it it could be deadly uh, if you took it internally. There was a skull and crossbones on it. Amen. Listen, when Christians lose their joy, 
Something has happened between them and their relationship with the Lord. If you've lost your joy, if I lose my joy, amen, I need to not question God. I need to not blame my circumstances. I need to do a holy introspect. Amen. Listen, I want to be right with God. I don't want to blame anyone or anything for the loss of my peace or the loss of my joy. I want to be right with God today. How about you? You know, I say it all the time to our physical congregation here in Tampa where this broadcast has been originating all of these years. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> They're so well trained. that they, When I say that, they respond with, getting right with God. There's nothing wrong with getting right with God. Never, never run from a sermon that convicts you and convince. I didn't say condemn you. I said convicts you. Amen. Listen, because conviction helps us to stay right with God. It keeps us in that posture and that place where God can and will defend us and bless us. Praise God. Amen. I want to be highly favored. I want to be high. You didn't hear me out there. I want to be highly favored of the Lord because the blessing of the Lord, His favor, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and He addeth no sorrow with it. Told you, if you lose your joy, we need to get right with God because that is the whole context of the joy of the Lord. It's, it's in the Old Covenant, in the, in the book of Nehemiah, when they had come out of Babylon and come back home to their burned and plundered cities to rebuild them. Uh, they, they heard the Word again. They heard the, the book of the law read, and they were deeply convicted. They began to weep as Ezra read from the book of the law. <laughs> and he told them, Listen, you repented. You've already repented. Stop your weeping. Go, go, and, go and eat the fat and drink the sweet. Celebrate. Sing those songs again. Amen. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength is found in context of coming out of Babylon and coming back to God and recognizing now restoration has begun. Praise God. So there's a positive message. Even when, when covenant people are convicted of, of in their heart and, and chastened of the Lord to humble them. But when we come back to God, it's all for the purpose of reconciliation and restoration. And friend, that is a very powerful and positive thing. Hallelujah. Well, listen to this again. I'm going to begin reading from verse 1. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. They were notorious for their worship of God. Hallelujah. And they answered and said in verse 4, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? 
It's no wonder they couldn't sing the Lord's song. They were covenant people going into captivity. Now to understand the background of the story, remember that the children of Israel had been carried away into captivity by the Babylonians. Now the reason they'd been carried away was not because of their weakness, but because of their wickedness. They had fallen away from the living God, and God had allowed their defenses to be broken down and used a pagan nation to bring them to their knees, to bring them to that place of humility that He could also bring them to repentance. Now that should not surprise you, because Babylon always leads to barrenness. Babylon always leads to bitterness And Babylon always leads to brokenness. That is, if you're a child of God, the only people who are happy in Babylon, dear friend, are Babylonians. Now, there's a a, a sermon (laughs) in that very sentence. So I'm going to say it again. The only people that are happy in Babylon are Babylonians. And that's why we have in the New Testament a picture of God's people being pulled toward the world and its values. And, and it simply, it simply says, come out of them. Come out of them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Amen. For what fellowship hath light with darkness? Be not unequally yoked together and Christ with Belial. That literally, Christ and the devil. <laughs> Amen. Be not unequally yoked together, saith the Lord, but be ye separate and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. I'll be a father to you <laughs> and you shall be my children. And, and I, as it is written, I will walk in them and I will move in them. Praise God. Amen. Listen. Babylon in the Bible is a picture of the world in all of its iniquity. It's a picture of the world in all its idolatry. And it's a picture of the world in all of its immortality. Immorality. Listen, the name Babylon means confusion. Now these people were in Babylon, but their hearts... We're in Zion. Listen, if you were ever saved today, if you've ever truly been born again and born from above, you will never find happiness in Babylon. You will never find happiness in the world. If you have drifted away from God and found yourself following the values of the world, looking for love in all the wrong places, seeking fulfillment through all the things that the world says that will make you happy and fulfill you, amen, you will never find it. You will always know this, you're out of your element, amen, you you, you will never, ever, ever get away from that real, born-again experience. Amen. No matter how far you drift, you know where you truly belong. And that is what God is counting on, that believers in Babylon will remember Zion. Praise God. Amen. These people were in Babylon, but their hearts were in Zion. They were weeping because they remembered Zion. 
and they could not get Zion out of their minds. One translator says Zion was imprinted on their minds. And Zion is another name for Jerusalem. The name Jerusalem means city of peace. There was a time when these people lived in God's capital city because they were right with God and they were holy. They, Because God was right with them, they, they were happy. Praise God. Didn't the Bible say, Happy is the man who hath the Lord God of Jacob for his help, and happy is the nation whose God is the Lord. Amen. There are two major cities in the Bible, and they are totally opposite, and yet in a strange way, they are magnetically attracted. There is Babylon, the hellish city, and there is Jerusalem, the holy city. There's Babylon, the seat of wickedness, and there's Jerusalem, the source of holiness. The people of God had been transported from Zion to Babylon. And today, figuratively speaking, if you're a believer in Babylon, there's an inescapable sadness in your life. And there is no sin that you may entertain that will be able to overcome that sadness. Verse 1 says, By the rivers of Babylon we sat down, we wept when we remembered Zion. After 46 years of pastoral ministry, I can tell you straight up, there are no phony believers who do not have a problem with Zion on Sunday and Babylon the rest of the week. A.W. Tozer addressed this growing trend in this sobering statement, and he says, and I quote, Christianity is so enthralled with the world that millions never guess how radically they have missed the New Testament pattern. Compromise is everywhere. Amen. The world, he says, is, is whitewashed just enough to pass inspection by blind men and women posing as believers. They don't miss Zion, dear friend. They've never been there. They've never known true freedom. So they are content to live in bondage. They confuse going to church with coming to Christ. It's different with a true believer. Anyone who's truly been born again has become a new creation according to Scripture. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Zion, therefore, is imprinted on his and her mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's no happiness, no contentment, no fulfillment, no hopefulness, no peace, no true purpose without being right with God. We will always remember Zion because Zion is real and we are the authentic citizens of God's holy city. Amen. Listen, listen. When you're born again, the Bible said from that point forward, when you truly have repented your sin, received Christ as your Savior, been reconciled unto God. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible said from that point forward, our citizenship is in heaven. That, 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 literally, our, our citizenship is in heaven. 
Our conversation is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. Our names are on heaven's rolls. Our, our, we, we have, we're identified in heaven as belonging to God, even while we are here upon this earth. So, Zion is real, and the authentic citizens of God's holy city are those who have truly trusted Christ as their Savior. But sin and compromise is always synonymous with loss of joy. And you'll never hear the songs of Zion. You'll never hear the joyous songs. Amen. And the Bible says in the, in the Old Testament, Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. Amen. These people who are right with God and find joy in serving Him and express that joy in the way that they worship Him. Scripture says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. That's why even even their captors had heard of their joy. It was said of them that you had never known joy until you had been in one of those Jewish feast and worship services when the covenant people worshiped the covenant God that had blessed them so wonderfully. Hallelujah. Listen, these believers in Babylon were not just sad because they uh, they were in bondage in Babylon. They were sad of why they were there. In Jeremiah 25, uh, I'm just going to read the paraphrase. And you can see what had happened here in context. It says, This message for all the people of Judah came to Jeremiah from the Lord during the fourth year of Jehoiakim's reign over Judah. This was the year when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon began to reign. Jeremiah the prophet said to the people in Judah and Jerusalem, For the past 23 years, from the 13th year of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah, until now, the Lord has been giving me his message. I have faithfully passed them on to you, but you have not listened. O pastor, are you listening? O evangelist, are you listening? Amen. Again and again, listen, verse 4. See, we've got to bring the message where people heed it or not. God is going to give the message and the call to repentance to His people. He doesn't want us in bondage. He doesn't want us to lose our joy, our peace, our song. He doesn't want the hedge to come down and our enemies to prevail. He wants to provide for us. He wants to protect us. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, verse 4, Again and again the Lord has sent to you His prophets, but you have not listened or even tried to hear. Each time the message was this, Turn from the evil road you are traveling and from the evil things you are doing. Only then will I let you live in this land that the Lord gave you and your ancestors forever. Do not make me angry by worshiping the idols you have made. Then I will not harm you. But you would not listen to me. Verse 7 says the Lord, you made me furious by worshiping your idols, bringing on yourself the disasters you now suffer. 
Now, a friend of mine, sometimes the devil is allowed, just like Nebuchadnezzar was allowed to do certain things. He was allowed to do certain things to, to Job and his family. But when, when God drew the line, it all stopped. But when we always blame the devil, when we always just try to bind the devil and presume and assume that every calamity is the devil behind it, and we never, ever consider the chastisement of God. Are you listening to me today? We never consider to do a holy, healthy introspect to see if there's something we need to repent of. Let me read you something from 1 Peter 4.17. It says, For the time has come, and I believe the time is right here, right now. It's upon us. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin with us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? I'm going to submit this to you in light of this scripture because judgment begins at the house of God. That's where repentance must begin. You see, we are praying for revival, praying that the wicked world will repent of their wickedness and their sins of omission and commission. Listen, it doesn't start with the world. It starts with us. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way. I will hear from heaven. I will heal their land. It starts with us. Amen. That's where repentance must begin. In order to escape judgment and regain God's favor and blessing, being covenant children of God never excludes us from His correction, but rather it ensures it. Didn't the Scripture say in the new covenant He scourges every one that He receives? Faint not when thou art chastened of Him. He scourges every one that He receives. He chastens every one that He loves. If you be without chastisement, you're bastards and not sons. You really don't belong to God, and, and therefore He lets you go. You're not His child. He takes no responsibility for you. He allows you to go on in your folly and in your sin. Listen, and in, in your destruction. But these corrective judgments are not for their destruction or our destruction. It's for our instruction. Praise God. It's to bring us back to our Father's house. It's to bring us back to a place of His favor and His blessing. I'm going to continue to read from this paraphrase. I want it to be very practical today as we read it. Verse 7 said, But you would not listen to me, saith the Lord. And how was he speaking to them? He was speaking to the prophets that he sent unto them. Oh, he said, Jerusalem in the new covenant. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that kill, thou that stone the prophets and kill them that are sent unto you. Why, why didn't they want the message? What was wrong with the church in the, in the book of Revelation? The last of the seven churches of Asia, Laodicea. 
Jesus is knocking at the door of a church where he should be welcomed. And if he had come as a healer, he would have been welcome. If he had come as as a finance uh, financier, he he would have been welcome. If he'd come to bring them the bl- material blessings to them, they would have opened the door wide. Why was he not welcomed? Why was Jesus not welcomed in a church of all places? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You know, we we and 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 we can take this and and apply it to the lost and dying world. He does knock on the heart door, and we have to open the door. If you've ever seen the painting of Jesus knocking on the door, you'll notice there's never a knob on the door so that he can open it. It has to be opened from the inside. But he doesn't just knock, he calls. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and sup with him and him with me. But this is to the church of Laodicea. Listen, this is a church that had become compromised. And this is a church that had become materialistic in their values. Match the world. I'm rich and increased with goods, he said, you say. And I have need of nothing. But this was his assessment of their need. But I say unto you, you're poor, miserable, blind, and naked, and I counsel you. You see, I'm coming to counsel you. Buy me gold tried in the fire that you may be rich, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you might see. Amen. We'll, we'll teach on that sometime. But listen, he said, he said, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Amen. And then the restoration comes. Hallelujah. Verse 7 says, But you would not listen to me, says the Lord. You made me furious by worshiping your idols, bringing on, bringing on yourselves all the disasters you now suffer. And now the Lord Almighty says, Because you've not listened to me, I'll gather together all the armies of the north under King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon whom I have appointed as my deputy. I will bring them all against this land and its people and against other nations near you. I will completely destroy you and make you. Now, when he says completely, he means they will be taken from their land. They will still exist, and a day will come when they will come back, and God will restore all that has been taken from them. Listen to this carefully. And make you an object of horror and contempt and a ruin forever. I will take away your happy singing and laughter. The joyful voices of bridegrooms and brides will no longer be heard. Your businesses will fail. Are we we listening to this today? And all your homes shall stand silent and dark. The entire land will become a desolate wasteland. Israel and her neighboring lands will serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. Now, you may think to yourself, if God really loved them, if he really loved them, he would not have done that. You need to be reintroduced to the God of the Bible. Quite on the contrary, it's because God loved them that he did so. 
For that we read in Jeremiah 24 and 5. Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, like these good figs, so I will acknowledge them that are carried away captive of Judah, whom I have sent out of this place into the land of the Chaldeans for their good. How in the world could this chastisement, this corrective judgment, be for their good? How could a trial come in upon our life to shake us into an awareness of our need to get back to God and be right with God, be good? Amen. Now for the good news. If you're a believer in Babylon and you're experiencing the bitterness and the barrenness, it will lead you to brokenness, which is the first step toward repentance and restoration. Praise God. Amen. If your heart is broken today, if you find yourself in not not running with some crowd of party and people, but if you find yourself alone thinking about Zion, hallelujah, remembering where you truly belong and that you are out of your element, it's time, it's time, it is high time to come home, to come back to where you belong, to serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Christ who gave his life on the cross for you, the people of God who would love you, support you, welcome you, and be part of your restoration today. Glory to God. God loves you. Make no mistake about it. And it's because He loves you that He just won't let you be and let you go on in any rebellion or any any way. You see, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but there's an end to that way, and it's destruction. And the devil's counting on us continuing down the road that leads to destruction. But God wants to interrupt that journey and turn us around. Hallelujah. That's what repentance is. It's turning around and heading in the other direction. And the moment the prodigal son started home, amen, God began to prepare and had prepared really already the blessing for when he did. Come let us return unto the Lord. There was a re- an event in Washington, D.C. this week. One of my dear friends and fellow soldiers was there. And it's called the return. We must return to God because God really wants to return to us. Restore us. Keep us safe. Bless us and use us and our prayers of intercession to bring many souls into the kingdom. Dear friend, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you're in a very dangerous place today and God wants to keep you safe. Don't run from Him. Run to Him. Repent of your sin. Receive Jesus as your Savior. God allows U-turns. Whatever road you're on, that broad road that leads to destruction, many there go in there at. Don't follow them to destruction. Turn around your soul 
Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus and be saved and be sealed and be safe from the wrath to come. In Jesus' name.